LifeSpring number 209, the fifth quarter, part three. The LifeSpring show is brought to you by me, the guy with the friendly voice. If you, your business, your church, or other organization are looking for a voice to represent you for radio or TV commercials, business presentations, or other types of narration, drop me a line at studio at theguywiththefriendlyvoice.com. Hello and welcome to LifeSpring. My name is Steve Webb and I am your host. So good to have you with me today. What you may be asking is LifeSpring. Well, Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. And it doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus asks you this, Who do you say that I am? Your answer to that is important. LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. What do you find here? Well, you'll find music, conversation, and reasons to believe. Today, we'll hear part three of my interview with Stephen and Mariana Boddy, whose son Luke was tragically killed in an automobile accident in February of 2006. If you get a chance to see the movie that has been made about the Abadi family and how this incident changed their lives and the lives of many, many others, I highly recommend you do so. The movie is called The Fifth Quarter. Look for it in your area or go to the website thefifthquartermovie.com to see where it's playing. I'm going to play a song for you now called Reach Out Your Hand from the movie. This song is especially important because one of the things that you learn about the Abadis is that after Luke died, his brother John, who played football for Wake Forest University, would, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, look to the stands where his parents would be sitting and reach out his hand toward them with five fingers extended. He did that to honor his younger brother Luke, who wore number five. What do you say when there's no words to say? To wrestle, wrangle, a heartache away You search for the answer But silence is all that you hear How do you shoulder just some of the weight And make the load lighter a little today How do you attempt to catch just one
that was Trenna Barnes with Reach Out Your Hand. We left off in part two with this question. So this happened in 2005. A lot of times when a family goes through something as traumatic as this, they can't keep things together. The husband and the wife relationship suffers and the family ends up in divorce. How did this affect your marriage? Was there a time where you felt like you just wanted to crawl into your own separate caves to deal with the grief, or did it draw you together? You're together now, so obviously you didn't end up in divorce, but what did it do to your family dynamic when you were going through the midst of it? It was very hard, because I knew the statistic. You know, I I met a lady who had lost a child who said, you need to fight for your marriage, because, you know, many marriages fall apart through this. And I remember sitting Steve down and saying, you know, I, I, it's really important. You know, I made him come to counseling with me one of the times and to talk about, you know, I worry because this, this is such, you know, this hits a family altogether, a mother, a father, everybody, yes. and everybody is reeling and in pain that it's hard to support each other. So I would say that, yes, we fell apart and we were spinning out of control in our own way. And yet, on the other hand, you know, I remember us gathering together a couple times and I remember saying, we are the only five people left who understand. Yes, the our grandparents understood and loved Luke, you know, aunts, uncles, but we were the nucleus family who knew what Luke meant to us and that we need to stay together, and it's God's grace that we're, we're together. I think, too, part of the issue is everybody grieves in their own way, mm-hmm. and everybody's on a different page, and learning to give each other the latitude. You know, if one wants to celebrate Christmas, but the other just really can't, you have to give each other that kind of latitude or find a place in the middle, you know, cause I wanted to talk about this a lot. I want to process it cause I am a very verbal person and Steve didn't, it wasn't as easy for him to want to talk about this or go to counseling. So I realized that it wasn't that he didn't want to be there for me, but that he just couldn't do that. And I had to give him the latitude and the grace for that. And that I had to find a way to have my need met, whether it was through, you know, my friends, my Bible study. I'm a huge believer in Christian counseling. I have gone through a lot of counseling because that is what helped me. And I think you have to respect each other where you are. And I am grateful that... (laughs) that we're still, I thank God every day that we're still together because I met somebody yesterday who lost a child six years ago and the marriage fell apart. That's so, so common. And I think we've fought for our marriage and God has been good and gracious to us. Amen. Yeah. And And it's worth it, isn't it? It is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, I had to realize that I was going to have good days, and, and at the same time, when my day was good, Marianne's day may be bad, and it may be reversed one day where she was having a good day and I was having a bad day. But at the end, I felt like as the father, um, it was my responsibility to keep our family together. And, um, I, you know, I think having Rachel and had struggled with her her entire life through her 12, 13, 14 orthopedic surgeries and open-heart surgery, We've had this struggle in our life 
forever. Yeah. And I think when, when this happened, we were prepared how to handle a very difficult situation emotionally. But I think, like Marianne said, we did struggle, and we, we still struggle. I mean, you know, we're still all grieving in various ways. And I saw my three other kids all struggling as well. And I felt like as, as their father, if I couldn't hold it together, what was, you know, what was I teaching them or how was I helping them? And I felt like it was so important for me to, to be there for them and to be there for Marianne. Yeah. And uh, don't get me wrong, I had very much imperfect days uh, and, <laughs> and will continue. Sure. But, uh, but the desire has, has always been there and the hope that yeah. you know, God is with me through this process and helping me perhaps being the helper to my family, that that was just my role. Yeah. Plus, sometimes I think there are times you don't have the ooey-gooey, gushy feelings. It's literally the commitment that you made that holds you. I, I share this. It's kind of funny. It's sad, but funny, you know, because all of this happened around Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is no longer like a very romantic, happy place for us. And, you know, I laugh because I did give Steve a card this year and I wrote in and I said, thank you for not bailing. You know, it's not romantic, but to me, that meant everything because I was like, thank you that you didn't bail because many people would have. I think that was a romantic thing to say. When you, when you think about what, what could have happened, I, I think that was a wonderful thing to say. Because so many, so many do bail. So, you know, yeah. praise God for both of your commitment to one another. It is a decision. You yeah. Know, you talk about ooey gooey, you know, that only lasts for a little while. And yeah. I, I've been married now for um, 20, what, one years, I think. And, you know, there are times where we are more ooey-gooey than other times, and that's okay. It <laughs> ebbs and flows. Yes, but yes. it's a decision. Yes, and you share a history yes. that only you understand. I feel like we, there's no other person that would understand our history that's and right. what we've walked through, and that matters. Yeah, very much so. So... Has losing Luke changed the way you interact with your kids? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, um, you know, we were always a tight-knit, very caring, loving family. And, you know, raising a child, you know, with disabilities, the entire family, you know, we never went on vacation unless we brought Rachel. So, you know, we all learned what it was to, uh, to care and love for each other. But I will say for me, and I won't speak for Marianne, I don't take any hour or any day for granted at all. I mean, I I make sure that uh, with the older boys who are away from home that I text them or call them multiple times during the day and, um, you know, look for every opportunity to engage, you know, having a time with them. And really with, with Rachel, she's at home and, you know, Mary and I take care of her. I travel two to three nights a week for work. And uh, when I get home, you know, I take on the responsibility of the physical caring uh, to give Marianne a break with Rachel. Um, but, you know, I appreciate having her at home. And though taking care of her is emotionally and physically hard because she's 27, she's an adult, and, you know, it's not always enjoyable to brush someone's teeth in the morning or brush their teeth at night or, you know, take care of their toilet needs. Um, it, it's certainly you know, an honor to do that now. Mm-hmm. Not that it wasn't before, mm-hmm. but I'm grateful, uh, and Marianne's grateful that she's here, you know, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we, 
maybe we do it a little differently. I, I wouldn't say we still don't, you know, we still get as frustrated and as tired as we used to, mm-hmm. but maybe we do it with a little different perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish I had the opportunity to um, give up everything I own to be with Luke. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think it's brought us closer together as a family. I think, I think the the boys, you know, Adam and John, have become closer. Um, you know, they were always uh, close brothers, but I think after Luke's passing, uh, it may have taken a few years, but um, you know, now they're I think they're much closer uh, and interact more today than they did back then. Uh, you know, on a different level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Unless you realize that life is fragile. And that you you need to put in perspective the things that really matter, what you're going to raise issue over. You know, there are times to confront people just because out of love it's a good thing and you want the best for a life. But the little stuff that doesn't matter is something to always look for every day. You know, it's easy to get caught up in every day and worry about this and worry about that and it should be this way and that way. But when I sit down and I go, what did I learn from this? Does this really matter? You know, Mm. what really matters? Right. Yeah, the things that matter kind of change, don't they? They do. It makes you look at every day differently than before. And um, I think it's one of those things that has to happen. I mean, you know, you just, when you lose a child, your whole perspective changes. And what was important yesterday is just not important today. Right. And I think what's important for us today is our family and keeping it together. And it's not the materialistic things that may have been important 10 years ago. Right. Because we know, at least I, I always feel now that this could be my last opportunity yeah. you know, to be with Marianne or be with the boys. And I want to take full advantage of, of every minute, every hour of it, because I may not be here tomorrow or they may not be here tomorrow. My two youngest boys are 19 and 17. And they're at a point in their relationship right now where there's a lot of uh, competition. The 19-year-old really resents the fact that the 17-year-old wants to be like him in some ways. Not so much this year as maybe you know previous years when he was when sure. they were younger. But you know, I sat them down to watch this movie, and I didn't say anything. I just said, "Sit down and watch this movie." And that night, the older texted the younger. Even though they're in the same house, he texted him, hey, I, lo- I-, I love you, buddy. And that would never have happened before. So, uh, you know, just for that little thing there, I want to thank you for opening up your lives. Uh, I mean, it, that, that's very small compared to what you've gone through. But just to say that this movie is helping relationships as well. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Before I let you go, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to bring up? You know, I think the only thing I'd like to say is it was really scary to put our heart out there, but I hope that people come away from this movie with a sense of hope and inspiration. There's a lot of people who get their hearts broken in life. If you live long enough, your heart will be broken by something. And our story happens all over the United States, and that maybe for other parents, this gives voice to their pain. And that for anybody who just really would like to quit might see that, yes, life is messy and grief is messy, but that just hang on for one more day, that God never leaves us without hope. 
And I think, too, that I hope that this movie, you know, at least raises the awareness to organ donation. You know, I'm proud to say, I think Steve is, too, that that this is portrayed how it really happens because there's so many misconceptions around organ donation and people are kind of freaky about it and because it is kind of a hard thought that your organs that were yours going to somebody else but when you think about it when you die you're not going to need them anymore but it's shown in a way that it's how it really happens because a hospital would do everything possible to save you first and lastly just To me, the whole question of our decisions that we make in life really matter because they can affect other people. And raising the awareness of reckless driving with young people, it's a discussion we always need to have that you can hurt somebody and when, you know, it may change life forever. And, you know, you can say sorry and be sorry, but you can't change what happened, the outcome of it. So that's about the only thing I want to say. So I don't know, Steve, anything else? Well, I think for me, um, you know, the movie really is about family and faith, and uh, you've seen the movie, and and you know you explain, you know, with your your elder son texting his brother. I mean, that's that's to me, that's a wonderful thing, and the movie really accomplished one of the things that we wanted to accomplish was to show how families can come together in a in a time of crisis and how seeing this movie will make you value the family you have. But as a Christian and a person of faith, um, when you come to situations like this, it's not always the you know, the pretty wrap package that even Christians who have a strong faith and a belief in God struggle with things like this, tragedies like this that never should have happened. And even though we question God, and, and like me, who was very angry and, and still is overcoming that, there's hope in all this. And for me, there's there's hope that one day I will be right next to Luke again, yeah. uh, enjoying uh, our company together and, and our love for each other. And and so me, I you know I I hang on to that. But uh, as Marianne said, it it also is a movie that makes you hopefully have a conversation with your kids about the choices they make and the dangers of uh, especially teenage reckless driving or driving while texting or drinking or doing anything stupid as you're driving a car because there are severe consequences that affect lives forever and that can't be changed. And the fact that gives people an opportunity to talk to their kids and their family members about the decision of organ donation. And as Marianne said, the, the movie depicts it as it really happened. It was a struggle, especially for the brothers, uh, to think that their brother was going to be cut open, and they wanted to see him die. They didn't want to see him being taken down to surgery and then see him after he passed away. Yeah. And um, th- th- that is a struggle, but, you know, in the end, um, Luke saved five lives. And, uh, gosh, if we all can say that our, our death had that kind of impact, uh, what a wonderful thing. You know, if we had to die and we had to give up life on this earth, what a way to be remembered and what a gift to give, in our case, five other people that, that Luke gave life to. Absolutely. I can't think of a better gift. Yep. It's, it's something that when I signed up for my very first driver's license, I didn't even have to think about it. Of course I would want to donate my organs. It, to me, it's, it's, it's not a hard thing. Um, but I know that it is for some. and so. Well, yeah, it is. And we've, we've had plenty of people on our, our fifth quarter Facebook page saying, I saw your movie, and I'm going and I'm changing my mind. I want to donate. Oh, oh that's so wonderful. 
those are wonderful words to hear. And as we partner with Donate for Life, I'm sure that's uh, music to their ears as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Just before we said our final goodbyes, Stephen remembered one more thing you wanted to say. We started a foundation called the LucaBodyFifthQuarter.org. We have dedicated our energy and resources to educating teenagers on the consequences of reckless driving, the awareness of organ donation, and then we have a scholarship. All the funds, 100%, go to a scholarship that we've given out to graduating seniors at this point just of Luke's high school, but we hope to expand it. And we've given away about $52,000 since the day Luke would have graduated from high school. 2008, yeah. 2008 was the first uh, time we gave an award out. But we have an annual golf tournament, and, uh, you know, the Lukabadi, fifthquarterfoundation.org is our website, which is linked uh, from the movie website to us. But um, that's one way that we've chosen to honor Luke is is with this foundation, and uh, it's been really very gratifying. Well, Marianne, Stephen, thank you so very much for sharing your time with the LifeSpring family today and for sharing your lives with the world. My prayer for you is that God will fill your lives with peace, with joy, and with love. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. All right. So there you have it. Aren't Stephen and Marianne brave and genuine folks? I've got so much admiration for them for opening up their lives as they've done and You know, they truly want others to be helped by their experiences. And it is good to know that even through the human frailties, God will lift us up and help us to make it through. It can be a long and painful process, and both Stephen and Marianne have said that they're still working through some of the aftermath of such a great loss. You heard two people who still love God and trust Him. Thank you again, Stephen and Marianne, for your generous gift of time to me and the family of LifeSpring listeners. On the next episode of LifeSpring, you'll hear from one of my favorite female singer-songwriters, Adrena Thorpe. You heard her sing on part one of my conversation with the Abadis, and longtime LifeSpring listeners will remember that I shared a conversation with her on episode uh, number 62 way back in December of 2005. One of the things that attracted me to her music back then was its sweet, light, easy-to-listen-to sound. Then, once I got to know her as a person, I liked her even more. Now, Adrena told me something when we met back in 2005 that she didn't want the public to know, and it was something that I've prayed for her about many times since then. She's now talked openly about this part of her life, and you're going to hear our conversation on the next episode of LifeSpring. You won't want to miss that show. Now, if you're not subscribed to this, the LifeSpring podcast, I encourage you to do so. If you've got iTunes, the easiest way is to subscribe through the iTunes podcast directory. But there are many ways to subscribe, and once you do that, you'll be assured of receiving the very next episode automatically, and it's free. Do you have comments on today's show? I encourage you to write to me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. Also, leave a review at the iTunes podcast directory, just search for LifeSpring, or leave a comment on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. Music on today's show was Trenna Barnes with Reach Out Your Hands from the movie The Fifth Quarter, which is now available on iTunes. Just go to the show notes page for this episode at LifeSpring Podcast, and I will have a link to the iTunes playlist right there. Hey, don't forget that you can rent my voice for your business, church, website, podcast, video, or even your answering machine. Write to me at studio at theguywiththefriendlyvoice.com. Oh, and you can hear my demos at theguywiththefriendlyvoice.com. Hey, as we go out, how about we listen to the song that introduced Adrena Thorpe music to me? This is Fly, Fly, Fly by Adrena Thorpe. Until next time, 
Thanks for sharing your day with me. May God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. You're here beside me Fly, fly, fly